Welcome to another episode of the Brown and Black Podcast. My name is Jack Rico. And I'm Mike Sargent. And every week we take a look at race and pop culture through a brown and black lens. Well, Mike, on this episode, we had the pleasure and the chance of interviewing the incredibly talented Afro-Indigenous singer Gotopo, whose music is often described as something I had never really heard of until we were about to talk to her called Ancestral Futurism. Can you break that down for me again? Well, you know, it's interesting because what I took from the concept of ancestral futurism, the idea is looking back to repair the future. So looking back to repair the future to me means you have to integrate a knowledge of the past in order to properly navigate the future. And she does that in her music. What we talked about in this interview that I felt is so important for everybody, the ability for her art to fuse the past, the future, and the present somehow in her artwork using pop culture to create a lot of these conversations. Because I remember her saying that what she really loves about entertainment and pop culture is that you can talk about some really dense stuff, some really maybe even controversial stuff like in Watchmen, but then when like 22 nominations and who knows how many other Emmy Awards. So I really love the part where you talked about the remapping of the DNA of the future of a culture. To, to, to really know your roots. And we talked about even her finding out what her name actually means culturally yeah. and how that changes your perspective about yourself. So if you can change your perspective about yourself from the, the knowing about the past, you can perspective about your present and, of course, what your future will be. Bueno, Gotopo, thank you so much for being on the Brown and Black podcast. Thank you so much for the invitation. has been described as ancestral futurism. For our audience, what does this term mean to you personally, and how do you weave together the ancestral and the futurist part in your artwork, in your music? I love that question because I love how, for example, all the complexities around the conversations of the African diaspora all around the 
the world and the phenomena of colonization and, and all this stuff, the way, for example, all of these movements that already have advanced along history and have become, have got us until the point where we have a representation in pop culture. Just one random example, like many. The way pop culture manages to play in the, in the frames of like history, accuracy, fantasy, social conversation, all of it together and create like reimagine a universe where on the one hand, we can remind ourselves of things that should be kind of obvious that we're living among every single day, but sometimes are not conversations that are not being had, as well as reimagine a fresh present that we want to turn into a fresh future for our generation and the one to come. I love the capacity that art and entertainment and pop culture has to create a conversation from a place that is sometimes less polarizing, less uncomfortable. It is still it will be uncomfortable for many and unluckily polarizing because it shouldn't be. I feel in my heart it should never be. But but somehow, sometimes it happens that we get heated and we we don't reach a point of harmony in certain conversations. So for me, having art as a as a channel as a space to deal with conversations that sometimes through politics through somehow get a little bit stuck for for years sometimes in in the space of art we can solve we can figure stuff out from a place of more comfort and kindness and sometimes even faster and and help society move faster into the into a place where we all feel better where we all feel just safer well all of all. And, and that's something that I love, uh, what pop culture has, how, how pop culture has taken the, the, the path that the African diaspora will need it to be. And, and that's, that's amazing. And for me, it's like the same, but in this, in this case, more applied to the experience Afro-Indigenous, Latino, Latin American people who, because of the process of colonization, lost connection of their ancestral memory, right? Lost touch their identity from an from ancestral and cultural point of view mm. because it's a historical forgetfulness, forgetfulness that we were forced into because of the process of colonization. And I don't know, it's beautiful to look around today and feel as a young person that I'm learning more so alone in the need of understanding so many things that I do through art. So I call it ancestral futurism because it's imaginative and it's, it's playful. It also wants to be very accurate. Even though it sometimes is hard for someone like me, for example, I, I cannot recover so many things in a, such an accurate way. But it happens not only to me, that's the beauty of it. I decided to open the conversation for my art because I know it's not just me, it's millions of us dealing with these questions, wondering about things that we, we never chose to forget. We were forced into forgetting them. And I'm pretty mm. sure when I released my Limbe, the music video, oh my God, the comments, people were... Asking so many things, saying so many things, almost crying in the comments, laughing in the comments, like touching their chest, like thank you, spirits, thank you, ancestors. I don't, I didn't get to know you, ancestors, but thank you. And that, which means, you know, what I felt was true. It's not me, it's not mine, it's ours. I just wanted to share it out. You know what I mean? I wanted to express it for my well, own well-being and my own process, but also for everyone else's who, who also belongs to the same group, like I do. Malimbe manita, malimbe Malimbe manita, malimbe numa, eh. Un paso pa'lante y otro para atrás. Un paso pa'lante y otro para atrás. 
Tengo muchos años de pena en el alma. Con muchas tormentas y con coca calma. Oh, well, I love what you said, and I have to say, I love your music, and I love the entire. I'm a big science fiction person, so. Wow, I love that. Turn that in the room. You, you, you have no idea. Okay, so I love the the term ancestral futurism, and it's been said that to be colonized, to be a slave, to be a brown person, and to even envision not being enslaved—that's futurism. That's science fiction. That just just to go there. So it's something that I think, like, like you said, we embrace without even knowing it. Because I see what you've done with your art and your music, it's storytelling. And by talking about the future, by imagining the future, but also being connected to the past, I feel you're doing something that, that's important. It's sort of like remapping the DNA of a culture. I love that. It's beautifully said. Yeah. You, you know what I mean. So we, we, you, it's easy to get lost. There's a lot of distractions. So I'm asking you that intersection between music science fiction, the past, how did that come to you and wow. why do you do what you do? I love, oh my God, the, I love this question. It's so, so magical. I love the, the game between accuracy, magic, imagination. You know what I mean? Like what I said about for the example of Black Panther, what it has done to society somehow, how it has helped. Not that it did it on its own. It became part of a bigger conversation that was already there. It, it tapped that, into something that, that was always waiting to be spoken about. Exactly. It, it's like it was building up to a moment when art would open a new s space to deal with the same conversation just from a new energy point. And, and that's why, like, I figured out, okay, I'm going through this process. I went to this village as a preteen, right? I was touring back in the day with a kid orchestra from El Sistema, mm -hmm. which is a project where I professionally developed myself, my music education in many ways. And I was uh, traveling with this orchestra in the region where my family came from. But because a lot of family disconnections, people didn't get to meet and relationships I didn't have inside my own family. Well, it was for me like, a, like an exciting trip as well. So I'm there in the Plaza Bolivar, among millions of Plaza Bolivars that we have in Latin America. So I'm there, in, and as always, there's this old men playing dominoes there, right? But also very, very common picture that we always find. And then this, I'm just watching them play, and one of them says, Señorita, ¿cómo te llamas? <laughs> so I tell them my family name, Gotopo. And he goes, the chief. And I'm like, wait a minute, what chief? The last chief, Gotop. Oh. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did you Like, it was this very strange blend of, wow, what an incredible thing. What an empowering discovery. What a beautiful thing. But then, I think, I think it, it has to feel like when you have your, like, your crypto investment and it goes like, oh, and then it's down. <laughs> 100%. I feel like like the peak of the 100% raise in five minutes. Oh, I'm signing in the boom, down 500%. I felt the pain. I felt the, like the euphoria first. And then I'm like, wait a minute, but why did anybody in my family ever mention anything about They don't know. That's what it, they have no idea. Because even in the most in innocent way, I went back and tried to flirt with the idea. Nobody has a clue. So I knew nobody, just nobody knew it. And I figured out the 
in time, it was not so quick because I was very young. But in time, as I, this just planted a seed in me. And I became more and more curious and more and more and more curious. And I started to dig and, and, and see myself in the mirror and look at my skin and talk to people and, and remind myself of all my experiences growing up, wanting to straight my hair, wanting to have a softer skin. And why do I even want that? And all these things came together. And then I, of course, became more mature, started to read, started to figure out history and everything and the things that were never told to us in history book. Because the winner writes the history, right? So... I figured there's, there's a lot of more history that I was not told, right? And, and my own, my family's own family, but also a lot of social history that was never told to me. And I was like, wow, okay. <laughs> so the more, the more I realized, the more this blend between beauty and pain hmm. started to blend inside of me. And of course, there comes a point, a tipping point, where you need to find ways to cope and also, also ways to calls to action right inside of yourself and of course I already was an artist since early on I, I was always around music and music was always part of my life so I'm like okay what better way right so there's many things about my personal process that I might share at some point in the future but that's when Malembe came in, in, in into play Malembe manita Malembe numa Malembe manita Malembe numa Un paso para adelante y otro para atrás. Un paso para adelante y otro para atrás. Tengo muchos sangre de pena en el alma. Con muchas tormentas y con coca calma. Tengo muchos sangre de pena en el alma. Una herida vieja que aún se desangra. Puedo escuchar la voz de mi and that's why for me malembe is like a kind of it's a, a short version of this i think this bittersweetness that makes us i think in the whole continent and everywhere yeah. where there's been these painful historical processes let's say america now because we're talking about the colonization in america this bittersweetness that makes us right because even though even if we are the ones who don't remember and have forgotten we have it in the skin we have it in our dna we have we know things. Yeah, we know things. I love that part. Beautiful things, painful things. Our DNA knows. I really believe in that. And the more time passes, the more I realize it's true. At some point, like everything, science will figure it out later. <laughs> but to your question, imagination, creativity, and storytelling, I felt it was going to be a more sustainable way to, because I knew it was going to be a long way to go since the realization of what I achieved until whatever comes my way, I knew it was going to be an extensive process wow. for my life. Wow. So. Drawing from your experiences as a Venezuelan immigrant in Berlin, you've talked a lot about finding creative freedom as an artist in that city. And that city historically has created some of the greatest art in the world. What did you bring home from Venezuela to Berlin that influenced your music Llega el fin del mundo y que vamos a sé sé que en lo profundo saben lo que sé que lo que vale hoy mañana chatarra vuelve a la conexión la fuerza natural a mí me dijo mamá y que guarde la semilla 
So that, that's that's interesting because I feel it's a very abstract question because there are conscious things that you bring, but the most of them are really unconscious. I just in you, in the way you talk, the way you walk, the way you treat people, the way everything about you. A lot of it is just unconscious and it's spontaneous. But um, Germans compared to Latin Americans are very different in terms of one of the different things that many people maybe know about or maybe don't know about is Latin American people are very expressive, joyful, noisy, very social. They make friends in five minutes, right? Whereas Germans are much more reserved, <laughs> much more... I was giving the example, I, I love it because somebody told me before, like, uh, I don't know, I don't know, I remember who, but someone told me, like, yeah, like, uh, doing a friendly in Germany is like unpeeling an onion. You have to, like, layer, 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 layer. <laughs> and I found it cute because it is true, like, it takes time, like, uh, but once you get to the to the center of the onion, it's a real, beautiful, shiny onion, like, it's authentic. So, uh, it's a different culture. It's like, it takes the, the the way to communicate seems to be seems to be back in the day like longer, more complicated, and of course it was very difficult at the beginning. And eventually, I realized, okay, because I was the way I was, explosive, spontaneous, expressive, joyful. I I, I always smile a lot. That's also not very, not every day out there here, right? So. And also, I came in the winter. In winter, always people had the saddest possible face they could ever have because it's very cold, okay? Very, very cold. And it's tough and it's long and dark and, oh. And people's like, wait a minute, why are you smiling? I mean, not that they would say it, but it was kind of like, oh. The, the face was like, oh, that's time. So I think that Venezuelan-ness and Latin American-ness, just being myself, I feel was one of the most powerful Things that I brought with me, really. The way it opened opportunities for me, the way it opened like people's hearts a little bit faster than, faster than usual. And also the way it allowed me to communicate beyond language when I could not speak German yet. That was uh, definitely very strong. And of course, I realized in time at the beginning, it was a, I'm just going my way. But then I realized this, yeah, I get it now. It comes across as very different because here things are so different. People communicate very differently. In Billie Jean, Michael Jackson told us to take his advice and remember to always think twice. So, that's what we're doing. We began to sell a million copies a week. It just exploded and went on to another level. Michael Jackson was accused of child molestation for the first time in 1993. This is the story of what came before and what came after. I'm a mother, and I remember being aghast. Can this be true? We could be watching the downfall of a superstar. I'm Leon Nafok. And I'm Jay Smooth. Think Twice is an attempt to reconcile our conflicted emotions about Michael Jackson, the man, with our deep-seated love of his art. Listen to Think Twice, Michael Jackson, on Audible and Amazon Music. When you think about Colombian music, when you think about Mexican music, the accordion, which is a Austrian invention, vallenato, mm. Mexican yeah. regional music that. right now is the number one musical genre on the planet per streaming on Spotify. And it's in the Billboard Hot 100 top five. So the interconnections of globalization in music, they're not new. 
They're not old. at all. They're old. The thing is, we at all. Yes. we're now fusing these things together in ways that we never even thought possible because of technology. What what you're reminding me, and this conversation is reminding me how important or how much we uh, people of color struggle with identity or to be in a place where like they don't know what you are and you definitely are not that. You have to really yes. define who and what you are in this place where you, you either identity is either told to you or you have to create it. So, yes, but, I love that. But, but here's what I want to ask you about the, the new project, Sakuda Day. Which translated to English is like shake off, throw off. Like, what like is a that? Taylor mean? Swift what? shake off song. Oh, shake off. So, <laughs> so, so, my question is what is it you feel music can do? And specifically connecting to your past and your present, your past and your future, and helping you create your identity in the present. Like, what, what, what do you feel music has to say? And why do you call it Kudadek? Wow, I, I love the from. I also love the formulation. It's really well. It's a very beautiful way to to curate it, or also for all of our listeners, because it's like having the same conversation many times. We can always have it from a new perspective. So, for me, that's why exactly. It took me a while to reach this ancestral futurism understanding. I think ancestral futurism, in a way, is a part of the answer to your question. It was the process that brought me. I was looking for that answer, pretty much that you're asking right now. What do I do with these things that I'm just figuring out now about the past that can become dangerously painful to me, right? And to my present. And what do I do with this present that is just a pool of infinite possibilities? Yeah. Is, right? It could create like a, like, a, like a cultural cacophony where it's chaos and it's overwhelming. Exactly. So how do you come? How do you sakudete? How do you? How do you sakudete? How do you shake it up? Oh my God, yes. It's like a smoothie. So sakudete, the album sakudete is like a smoothie of all the, 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 the processes, the complexity of identities, the process of identities as well. What is Caribbean? What is Latino? What is Afro-Indigenous? What is Afro? This complex, complicated, not necessarily right word. Latino itself is also very complicated. So what do we do with all that? Like, let's make a smoothie of the whole thing and figure something out. Like a play game between the, the past and the present to imagine a new future. Like to, to create a space where we can imagine a bit more freely. So we got a little bit serious with Malemba at the beginning. <laughs> I was a bit more curious about like getting that pain and processing out because I felt that we as a society had not still yet done like our therapy. Everybody's doing therapy these days, which I love. And I felt like, wait a minute, this is something that requires social therapy. Mm. And the whole pain that's accumulated, nobody dealt with it. It's just sitting in there. And it's all, but it's also projecting into the present and the future. That And I said, I don't want my pain, I cannot allow my pain to become my present and my future. What do I do about it, right? So my ancestors had many ancestors. In fact, most cultures, right? 
prior to colonization had integrated mechanisms in their culture to process everything and many things, creativity, mourning, pain, joy, like little rituals and, and bigger rituals, some of them also collective, which is something that somehow, you know, because of globalization, because globalization has taken us to more individualism and all this stuff, we have kind of lost touch with this collective practice. Right. This sense that we can just be independent on our own and do everything on our own, which is kind of true, but it can also be too much individualism. So there's something some of all of us will have to figure out on our, on our own. But um, so yeah. So so but then Saku Malembe was the for me was a way to extrapolate my personal rituals and my and my process of finding out. What to do with all that joy and that pain? This, what do you say, sweet and sour, and I'm like, sweetness, exactly. But then again, after that, all the songs that started to come were like like a wider spectrum of everything that I was, that I am, that I will be. You're being co-produced by Simon Menjia from Bomba Stereo, Don Electron from Kinky, and you're clearly bringing in a combination, a fusion of so many sounds, South American instruments, modern electronic music, etc. I wanted to ask you about your live performances of these songs. How much does movement play out in your language when you're performing these types of songs? How much is movement crucial to your art when you're performing? Wow, the, uh, wow, that's incredible because for me it's been kind of a struggle also. It was a struggle to figure out how much I want because I play instruments, I produce, I always co-produce my songs. I'm always in the beat, me had the beat making as well. There's always, there's sometimes all the producer, but there's always Gotopo also producing. That's something that I would love the audience to know. Uh, and uh, and then when when is the moment of performing it? For me, it was always a struggle to figure out. Okay, if when you're playing an instrument, I mean, everyone here loves music. Let's assume that you you love you have artists that you love. You love to go to the concerts or at least watch concerts live. But mostly when you go to the concert, when when there's an instrument between your body as an artist and the audience, there's a little bit of a certain there's one kind of experience. And when it's just the artist with body expression and voice and 
then it's different. At least in my experience as an artist, I have felt that it is different. It's not better or worse. It's just different. So, wow, it was, it's for me, it has it's been for me like a fascinating process to find out what's my sweet spot in between. So I always do, I make sure that I have a balance. I like to play instruments and I spend time behind my, my instruments. And I also love to spend time without them, just physically closer body to body with mm. people. And the third element would be that I always make people sing on the concerts. I always put the mic at them and they become a part of the music. And it's crazy because the last time that I performed in Berlin, like it has to be said, there was a bunch of Brazilians that has to be included in, in this <laughs> contextualizing to this before I say what I'm going to say. Like there was a bunch of Brazilians in the front in Colombians and all of a sudden they just kept jamming out like the song finished and they kept jamming to pa, pa, kutu, pa, pa, kutu, pa, pa, kutu, eh, and then the, it, the whole thing became a full body percussion choral. The whole room became and I just kept it going. Like I helped it to continue, but people did it on their own. And it's crazy because every time I finish a performance, people always either critically to me or send me a an, an, uh, text or whatever to describe many things. And one of the things is that, that they feel a part of the music, that they are a part of the music, that they didn't feel such a separation. Like, okay, artist, audience, like, and I love to hear that because sometimes when you create and when you're thinking about your performance, you're always asking yourself, is this going to be clear? Is people going to get this? People going to feel that? You're always asking yourself all these things. It's a part of your process. And it's, it's hard to explain how strangely beautiful it feels when it's like, of course you're going to get it. People come back to you telling you all the things that, that were behind your, your conscious and subconscious process of creating the art. People, they, they finalize the piece, mm -hmm. the way I look at it. So I, I look for that balance. Instruments, no instruments. And then the audience has to finalize the piece, the way I personally feel art works. One, two, one, two, three, oh! Let me see you jump! One, two, three, go! Stop! I'm on best I love that because I think people are concerned with their carbon footprint, but not their emotional footprint. And, and, you know, oh my God. everybody, yes, thank you. everybody leaves one and music leaves one. Thanks. Oh my God. Beautifully said. The carbon print and the emotional print, that's so true. That's very much a much shorter way to say what I was trying to say. I guess the question I had was just the power of words. I have someone, I had a guest on, I do a radio show and I had on a racial linguist, someone who like they're a linguist, mm -hmm. but it's all about how race and is involved with in language. And it, it, it now, it makes me look at everything differently. And people of color refer to the ancestors while white people talk about the forefathers. It's gendered, it's different. So I'm just wondering your thoughts on the power of words because Jack asked you about movement and I love your answers and sound. 
But what about words? Because even the name of your album, there was a time where there were concept albums and things like that, but that's, that's only something that started to come back and you have a concept to everything. So I just want to know about your thoughts on the power of words because it's such a big part of what you do. That's so interesting because for me, one of the toughest things, what, remember I told you guys about um, questions that you ask yourself as an artist when you're creating, you're like, mm -hmm. but is it going to be clear? It's like, this is normal in the process, right? Of, of creating anything. And one of the things was that sometimes because of the way the music we love and that we are presented with sometimes comes with a certain way. It's curated in a certain way that makes you as an, as a creative fall under the illusion that you have to have some sort of linear way of behaving, of talking, of acting, of everything. Because if you are not lineal, then maybe, you know, it's not going to be clear or people, it's not going to sell or whatever. So, one of the things that was for me a little bit, it was about that, was, okay, you have Piña para Niña, Cuckoo, Sacuete, these songs that are very up-tempo, some of them are tropical, and the diva is... And then you have the song with Simón Mejía, Bomba Stereo, that is like a walk in a forest with like this ethereal vibe. And there were so many conversations that, wait a minute, this doesn't make sense, that really do. And I was like, yes, it does. People will... People, I mean, nobody's expecting some kind of fake lineal language. We are all multidimensional. So I was like talking to my team, everyone around, don't be afraid. I, I, I feel like some artists, some of the best artists that I fell in love with last year and who have also sold a lot, eh, have dared go back to put the music together in your album. Not that fits certain genre, not that fits certain playlists, that it says what you need to say because people will get it. They will connect with you if it's real and authentic. Not about, oh, it has to all sound like, like a, a trap and 140 BPM because it fits on la, 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 whatever. You know what I mean? People are, are not silly. And I feel this underestimating society and people and listeners so much is stupid thing. So mm. I was like, nope. We are saying what we need to say. And, and you have the, the tropical mommy there in the album and you have the magical ancient abuela that lives somewhere inside of me. <laughs> They're all there. And that's the beauty of it. It's real. Coco is a perfect example of that because back to the conversations that are polarizing. Feminism. You talk about feminism and so many, so many elements of society somehow, I don't know if they really feel triggered or they are playing as if feeling triggered. And I find that very funny because everyone has a mother, isn't it? So everyone is a feminist. If you're not a feminist, okay, do you have a mother or not? So it, for me, it's as simple as that. But I thought, okay, cool. Things are getting polarizing and heated. I don't know. I thought like, okay, I remember the, how Caribbean music has some magic in the songwriter, in the songwriting where the lyrics are like naughty and very light and they sound like very chilled and they're always hiding some more complex message. And I thought, okay, I want to use the power of this tropical songwriting vibe to, to bring air into this conversation of feminism. And I, I called it like a positive feminism. And so it's very naughty, very playful, but it's also very clear, no means no, right? So una mami rica bella tropical, she goes up dancing at night. Sometimes she loves to be touched. Sometimes. 
and uh, who told you both that you can touch? And then, yeah, and then she moves sexy with her body. Like, she's she's just being divine, but that doesn't mean you can touch. You know what I mean? But I'm doing it in that way, like a tropical mommy would do it. And that's the power of words. How you say things, how they come across. It does matter. It never stops being important. Quítame la mano de donde la tiene. Ya te dije, nene, que eso no es así. Quítame la mano de donde la tiene. Ya te dije, nene, que eso no es así. You can catch Cotopo's new album, Sacúdete, dropping May 19th on all streaming platforms. And that's it for this episode of Brown and Black. If you would like to support this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Your help will allow us to be heard by many more people. You can follow our comments and opinions on at Brown Black Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and now on YouTube. We'll see you on the next episode of Brown and Black. to turn your best ideas into a thriving online business? Introducing Shopify, your no-excuses business partner. You might not realize, but our podcast, More Than Mammies, it's a business. And we started it, of course, to talk about maternity, not to become an e-commerce expert. So yeah, we needed some help selling our merch and getting our store up and running. Another sale. Shopify is a commerce platform revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide. No matter if you are a garage entrepreneur or a big business, Shopify is the only tool you need to start and grow your business without the struggle. With Shopify single dashboard, you can manage orders, shipping, and payments from anywhere, giving you the insights you need wherever you are. Sign up for $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash sonoro or lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash sonoro to take your business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash sonoro.